This podcast is rated PG-13 for parents cautioned. We encourage parent guidance for children under 13. You're listening to BearCast by ASF. Their appearance at the State Department on this Sunday afternoon emphasizes the gravity. It is 1943, and we're in the midst of the Second World War. World War is serious business. Countries ally with each other either in support or to stand against a common enemy. Life itself is threatened, and every aspect of it attacked. Depending on where we live, this threat can be more tangible or appear less real. If you live in a country deeply involved, you need to change and adapt in more ways than you may think to support your nation's efforts and to ensure your daily safety and livelihood. In the 1940s, everyday life changed in many different ways. The way you dressed, what you ate, or how you spent your free time. With news of men and women dying every day, spending time with your family became more and more meaningful. Sitting down and playing board games, sharing a meal, listening to music on the radio, or having some quiet time to read became both a pleasure and a means of psychological survival. Finding ways of entertainment became of the utmost importance. Even though different measures were taken in different countries, we'll examine the way they were handled in America. In professional sports, for example, most activities were dominated by men. As baseball players were being sent to the front and teams suffered temporary or permanent losses, baseball, both as an entertainment and as a business, was forced to change in order to survive. Even though women playing baseball dates back to the 1860s, it is until this time that the All-American Girls Baseball League was officially founded. Radio, music, and film were the most popular forms of entertainment, as they were the ones which people could more easily access to. And even though the government's usage of entertainment forms as propaganda is very interesting, it is a presentation for another time. What we can say is that when they were not used for propaganda, most of them were meant to make people forget their troubles and tragedies through love stories and comedies. Jazz and swing could be heard in almost every household, and the lights of Bing Crosby, Joan Leslie, or Fred Astaire would be shown on every screen. Not far from the ones we've already mentioned, theater was also there. And in the world of musicals, the 1940s marked the beginning of a partnership that became legendary. The team made by Richard Rodgers and Oscar Hammerstein II, both already famous from working with other teams, projects, and collaborators. In 1943, the musical Oklahoma premiered on Broadway at the St. James Theatre and ran for an astounding 2,212 performances during its five-year run until it finally closed on May of 1948. This particular musical is important for many reasons and is much more than just light-hearted entertainment. Based on another play, Green Grow the Lilacs, from 1931, it tells a tale of the romance of a farm girl named Lori Williams who is being suited by two men. 
the lively cowboy Curly McLean, and Judd Fry, a hired worker in Aunt Eller's ranch. Curly can be seen as a flirtatious, fun, joyful fellow, while Judd is described in the script as an obscure figure and a mysterious and dangerous loner. As much as directors might have fun choosing from the theories of Johann Ryle, Sigmund Freud, or Alfred Adler to know whether Mr. Fry was maybe a result of childhood trauma, eh, we're not going to go into that. In the core of light-hearted entertainment lies the word light, non-obsessive, superficially shown and appreciated. In this sense, Oklahoma's story fits perfectly into what was being needed by the general population at the time. But outside of this sociological purpose, Oklahoma is important and meaningful in musical theater history for other reasons. Reasons that have shaped musicals to the way in which we know them today. Oklahoma was the first musical in which song and dance helped to tell the story and help it move forward. It may appear to us as logical, since we are used to see them this way and have been for the past 80 years. But in musicals before Oklahoma, songs and dances would appear incidental, or would just make a scene more colorful or punctuate what was being shown, like an accessory. But the weight of the dramatic action, the guiding principle, the leitmotiv of the story laid exclusively on the dialogues. The story could easily be told without the songs. In modern musicals, that doesn't happen. If you take out the songs, the story ends up full of gaps and the sequence is lost. In some ways, many musicals at the time were done by actors or comedians that could sing. Very few real singers were hired. For Oklahoma, the authors insisted on it being the other way around since real singers were needed. It also helped the music business by creating a new need. Decca Records made of Oklahoma the first Broadway show that would record the songs of the show with the original cast to be sold as an album. Brooks Atkinson, an American theater critic, wrote in his column for the New York Times that the show's opening number had changed the history of musical theater. Lewis Nichols wrote, For years they said that the theater killed is dead. Words <laughs> that obviously will have to be eaten with breakfast this morning. The admiration and acceptance of this play renewed audiences for the theater nationwide. Hell, the final song of this show was proposed to become the hymn of the state of Oklahoma to be sung instead of Oklahoma a toast, a song written in 1935. Anyway, Rodgers and Hammerstein wrote a total of 12 musicals together which received a total of 35 Tony Awards, 15 Academy Awards, two Pulitzer Prizes, two Grammy Awards, and two Emmy Awards. Of course, the purpose of me rambling about this play is maybe being lucky enough to spark in you the desire to watch the play, whether in the theater or its film version, or just listen to the songs for fun. So the next time you get a glimpse of a bright golden haze on the meadow, you follow it and probably discover a bit of solace for yourself.
That's all for today. Stay tuned for the next episode.